It's the Catholic Buzz Podcast. Welcome back to another episode, and thanks for joining us today. My name is Father Daniele. I'm joined by Josh Sullivan. Hello. Welcome to you, Josh. Thank you. And of course, our partner in crime is Matt Van Milligan. Matt, welcome to you. Hello. Uh, now, Josh, we heard mm. some stats about our podcast. Yeah, some crazy stuff. So, shout yeah. out to all those people listening outside of Canada. We got people from the United States. We that make up like twenty percent of our viewership or whatever. We have people from Singapore, from Brazil. So, shout out to you guys, um, all over the world. We know that we have people from Australia. We have a small contingency there. Good for you guys and uh, Ireland too. So, mm. yeah, kind of crazy. It is kind of crazy. And Matt, next time you travel to Australia yeah. or something, you're going to be recognized yeah, we'll at the airport. A, we'll have a, a, a fan meet. A yeah. fan meet. Yeah. yeah, maybe we can set up a meet yeah. and greet yeah. for your fans in Australia. Uh, we, we also got to shout out to all the Canadians because that, you know course. that's our biggest fan base. That's but our, you know. uh, our home brothers and sisters. So yeah. today uh, we are talking about uh, a topic that... I, so let me tell you just a little uh, thing here. So we have a brand new examination of conscience yeah. in our, in our parish, you know, good examination consciences are sometimes hard to find like a, for, for a general brochure, uh, to leave uh, on the parish rack. So I kind of had to like take, you know, from here and there and we kind of created our own and under the, uh, under the first commandment, mm-hmm. you know, you shall love the Lord, your God with all your heart and all, all your soul. soul. And there was a thing that said, you know, I have not, uh, participated in uh, different groups and it had bracket, for example, the Freemasons. And mm-hmm. the almost the first day that this brochure was on the rack, you know, s- someone had mentioned to me, like, what is the deal? Yeah. So got me thinking, what is the deal with Freemasons? Because the history between Freemasons and Catholics go actually... Uh, like far back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I did, now that I stopped to think about it, starting to realize that there are Catholics who are members of the Freemasons. Yeah. So I thought maybe let's tackle this question today. What are the Freemasons? Mm-hmm. Uh, what do they believe? What do they do? And why is the Catholic Church saying that it's not good like why is that on the examination of conscience mm-hmm. yeah why is the catholic church saying that it's not good to be a member of the freemason so let's talk about that today because um and i want to acknowledge right off the top that most people listening like you're talking about people in canada and the yeah. u.s and like in these parts of the world freemasons are kind of like a social club it's another gentleman's club if you a will gentleman's mm-hmm. club they oh. raise money for yeah. charity they yeah. do charitable works yeah. and things like that and that's how people see the Freemasons, kind of like uh, a group of like um, the Shriners yeah, or... Well, they you know, are an offshoot, yeah. Right. So people might say, well, what's wrong with the Freemasons? So let's go way back first to uh, when the Freemasons started, first started. Yeah. and see a little bit about who they are. What they believe and why the Catholic Church says, uh, uh, uh. Yeah, I think it's important <laughs> to note, too, that there are a lot of myth and legends around uh, Freemasons, especially, you know, how they take over the world or their agenda taking over. And and while we're going to try to dive into some of the stuff that we can find that's fact, yeah. um, there's a lot of 
extra you know, mysticism around it, if you will, or whatever. And so we're going to try to cut through that stuff and get down to what it, we actually know to be uh, true from our sources, as mm-hmm. well as what the Catholic Church actually says about it, too. Because those are really important. And I think it's there's a couple different... Like, it's not just, you know, the Catholics don't like Masons because there was some kind of political agenda or whatever the case yeah. may be. Uh, we'll talk about that. It starts way back, though, um, the Masons... Kind of from my understanding, Matt, you might know a little bit more about this, but they developed from like the actual Mason guilds, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like it, um, the early, early forms, and, and again, arguably. So you have like what people say about yeah. Freemasons and like the actual kind of stuff that's rooted in fact and history and, like, and other stuff may be true, like yeah. some of the, like, but, you know, that they have um, some versions of it, you know, it goes back to the Babylonian and Assyrian Empire and whatever. But like just kind of the, the main line, kind of origins of the Freemasons are almost like a trade union um, mm-hmm. that, that you know, um, emerged in the, you know, let's say, kind of the high Middle Ages when European architecture kind of boomed and, like, apprenticeship and, like... <clears throat> You have all the benefits of, um, you know, people learning a trade, um, people learning that within a community. You're establishing kind of a fraternal society. A lot of people would move far away from their homes. It creates kind of a community that, you know, this this Freemasonry developed out of that kind of fraternal need or that mm-hmm. kind of emerging uh, trade. Um, so, you know, in the beginning, they were actual stonemasons and the, you know, the society was built around, you know, developing and honing their craft and technique. And um, But by the time you get to, say, the Renaissance, there's a lot more kind of packaged with it. It's, you know... <clears throat> Um, uh, they're, they have, they're, they're publishing like, um, constitutions and you know, orders. And, mm-hmm. um, by the time you get to something like the enlightenment, um, <clears throat> it becomes packaged with other, other ideas. So you have almost the formation of kind of a secular regi- religion. You have mm-hmm. rituals forming, yeah. you have different levels, you have, you know, um, knowledge associated with each of these levels. You have secrets that are held at the very top of the order. So, um, in a lot of respects, it's kind of, um, forming the secular religion. It has all of the kind of appearance of a church of mm-hmm. liturgy of, you know, um, all of these things, and you know, it's it's gaining popularity in the wake of things like the French Revolution. That you know, kind of Europeans' movement away from organized religion as such. You know, they, humans are a religious animal. Mm-hmm. Uh, humans, you know, we have that kind of um, hardwired need for ritual, for structure, for community. Um, and people were in, in many areas of Europe leaving the church, but still having that desire for community and whatever. In, in, in that kind of historical moment, Freemasonry really kind of took off. So yeah. literally a group of tradesmen, right, who are gathering together, kind of discuss their work, yeah. right? And then it started to take a little more of a formal process, like, hey, we got something going here. Yeah. And they started to organize themselves in the way of ritual and... Uh, and uh, uh, constitutions yeah. and things. I, I think it's. I think it's in the paperwork. It says 1717 is yeah. when a couple yeah. of these lodges. So again, yeah. again, the lodges existed before that, but these lodges kind of came together to form the first grand lodge and kind of start things rolling. Yeah, and even even that's a little bit complicated because that that would be kind of the that Enlightenment yeah. time period of it. It really kind of gaining momentum and popularity and traction. But you have 
it's, it's, it's almost like it's very similar to kind of Protestantism that you have versions of Freemasonry claiming to be kind of earlier first one, and more yeah, yeah. legitimate, you know, going back to 15th and 14th centuries as yeah. well. So um, what we know about uh, the Freemasons is that uh, w- because it's taken on this sort of religious mm-hmm. character, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, like there starts to become a little bit of an issue here yeah. when 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 members are assenting to something other than their own particular religion, right? And I believe even in uh, like when when you ask like who can become a Freemason, yeah. you know, like atheists are not permitted mm-hmm. to become Freemasons because you have to give your assent to a higher power, a higher power, and so they aren't uh, permitted to be uh, Freemasons. Yeah, in some in some parts too, they they say things like um, young young peop, young men under the under a certain age, and then old men that are feeble and weak aren't allowed either. So like mm-hmm. it kind of it has this. I mean, according to um, parts, uh, and then women. Although I have known of certain, I'm going to say sects or lodges yeah. that have opened the doors up to women. Um, but I think that they're called the Eastern Star or something like that. Yeah, there's the, a, there's another there are suborders suborder yeah, yeah that allows it. Yeah. So, but for the most part, it's men and, and doing this. I think the thing that I found kind of funny if we're talking about dates, 1717 is the date that they claim is the first start, mm-hmm. and then but 1737, so 20 years after that, the Pope says no. Yeah. It's the very mm-hmm. first time that the Catholic Church actually declares. So yeah. 20 years after they've established themselves, the Catholic Church comes out and says no. So up until this point, what we've discussed, I don't see a lot of problems with yeah. what we've heard, yeah. right? A bunch of guys getting together. I mean, that kind of sounds like the Knights of Columbus to me in a, way, in a way. So what is the difference between, I mean, not we don't have to talk about the difference between Knights of Columbus and, and the Masons because that's a whole other thing. But what's going on with the Masons that, that the church steps up and says, no, this is not okay? Yeah, so what's interesting, again, about that kind of historically yeah. um, is that there's a way of framing this as, you know, the French Revolution, the secularization of mm-hmm. Europe, that it's like these these two are in competition. You know, mm-hmm. like the Freemasons are taking our um, whatever, but uh, most of the declarations from the church aren't citing, you know, you shouldn't be, you should be here instead of there. Um, a lot of the issue was that, you know, these these men were actually both, they, mm-hmm. they were they were actively uh, involved in the church and and Freemasonry as well. The issue and and what most of the proclamations from the church have said that there's there's a fundamental incompatibility between the core beliefs of Freemasonry and the the, the Catholic faith. And so, what is yeah. what are those? Um, what what are the yeah. main one? Well, the main one is that uh, Freemasonry, as I understand it, presents itself. Uh, now, and I do want to go back to, you know, like most people look at the Freemasons like as a social club who yeah. do charitable works, yeah. right? Um, so, but the, but there is a history there and there is like yeah. oaths and things that people make when they become members of the Freemasons, right? Uh, now, what the Catholic Church has a problem with, like you mentioned just 20 years after the yeah. official forming, Clement Twelfth was the Pope at the time, he forbade Catholics to join. Well... Uh, there is some sort of underlining or underpinning of a, of a religion mm-hmm. that's more naturalist to say that while they believe in an almighty power, which they refer to as the great architect mm-hmm. of the universe, um, they believe that you can assent to this great architect with purely human mm-hmm. knowledge, right? That uh, this heaven, like this father in heaven, yeah. Uh, there's no indication that Jesus Christ is God, like the okay. second, like we believe uh, as a Catholic faith, 
And they do not uh, say that you need the sacred scriptures, the sacraments of the church, or Jesus, really, to make it known or or to ascend to the great architect. So they are undermining and basically ignoring fundamental teachings, dogmas of the Catholic Church. So... so, um as Catholics, we believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And Amen. no one can come to the Father except through me, that whole thing. That's right. And so they're kind of overriding that, say, well, you can believe that if you want to, but you don't have to. It's something different. Yes, yeah. and from a purely, to make this clear, a purely yeah. from human reasoning, mm-hmm. like you don't need divine inspiration to know. God doesn't God have to have a part of it. There's no yeah. grace, there's yeah. no, but, but from purely human reasoning, like think about the divine help we have as mm-hmm. Catholics. We have the sacraments that bestow grace. We have the scriptures that, you know, the word made, Jesus is the word made flesh. From a, from a purely human perspective, they're saying, or a human knowledge, you can assent to this great architect, this, yeah. this Without almighty this. power. Yeah. Well, and, and the, the way that they characterize, it, it's interesting because it's, it's not like any other institution or club. And, you know, somebody who's at, you would say, kind of the low level or, you know, mm-hmm. uh, early initiated, like, they say, what's the big deal? What's the conflict? Like, I'm helping with a fundraiser that's not, like, and may not necessarily dig into, like, the specific theology that's expressed by by Freemasonry because it is a theology. Like, it is, yeah. um, it's not, like, um, a political system where it's, like, you can believe whatever you want. Like, you could be a member of parliament um, and you yes. could be a Christian, gotcha. you could be a Muslim, you could, you could have these different religious views. That is, no, there's an institutional view of God and that institutional view of God is as kind of the, the great architect or that... Um, but the two aspects of that God are syncretistic and um, um, uh, indifferent. So that God is necessarily impersonal. And I would say that that is the kind of the fundamental disagreement, theological mm-hmm, disagreement mm-hmm. and fundamental incompatibility between um, um, Freemasonry and the Catholic faith. Because for Freemasonry, it's necessarily impersonal for Catholicism. The revelation of Christ is personal, is, yeah, personal, very, very is personal. primarily personal. Yeah. Um, and you know, even even encountering Christ in the Eucharist in the sacraments, that is a that's a personal connection with the Almighty. So again, on the surface, people say, okay, you're just kind of hair splitting here. But like, no, there's actually a fundamental disconnect between how they understand um, God um, and you know how, how we. And okay, so and in order to do, in order to become a, a Freemason, you're taking oaths stating that that's what you believe. Mm-hmm. So that okay, so then if someone was to do that and be Catholic and be confirmed, let's say, where you believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, and I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who came down from heaven. Like when you're saying the confirmation vows, or if you will, or the baptismal vows, and, and yeah. proclaiming our faith, that vow and then the vows that you take as a Freemason are complete contradiction to yeah. each other. Yeah. And so that's why you can't yeah. you can't be both. And and you're making it in the form of a sort of profession of faith. Yeah. 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 And while people might not recognize Freemasonry as a religion per se, mm-hmm. in fact, uh, <clears throat> like they see themselves as as a universal religion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. While like something like Christianity is kind of like a, a sect. Of religion. One of many. Yeah. One of many, yeah. right? So there is the fundamental problem that the Catholic Church sees with uh, Freemasonry, right? Uh, Leo, uh, Pope Leo XII wrote a document, uh, and he says, you know, the, the, uh, that they sufficiently make known by their very name is that human nature and human reason ought in all things 
uh, be the guide for all for all mm-hmm. things, right? For they deny that anything has been taught by God. They allow no dogma of religion or truth which cannot be understood by human intelligence, nor any teacher who ought to be believed by reason of his authority. Mm-hmm. And that's what Leo XII objected to, right, when he wrote it. The, the, the second thing is... Uh, you were, you mentioned oaths, mm-hmm. so this is this is another problem that the church sees with uh, the <laughs> with Freemasonry is, yeah, yeah. is is the oaths that people make because they promise, and if you read the oaths that I know they're supposed to be secret, but you know in this world you can find them online, the oaths that Freemasons take. Um, basically, they're promising to keep things what that they learn w- within their group or the or the understandings of their so-called mm-hmm. theology, <laughs> right? Yeah. Secret. Mm-hmm. And in fact, you cannot share them with any people who aren't uh, members of, of, the, of the Freemasons. Mm-hmm. And this goes even as far, we were talking about a little bit before, as like you can't bring certain things. Like for a Catholic, when you, when you know that you're in a state of sin, you go to the sacrament of confession, yeah. right? Like things that are revealed to them in this, uh, through their practice of Freemasonry, they cannot reveal even in the sacrament of confession because that would be going against the oath that they take, mm-hmm. right? And and if you read their oath, it's like the punishment is very Graphic. gruesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah. like they if they, if they go against the oath they take, they got they, they're going to be severed in two and uh, split between the four winds of the, yeah. Uh, yeah, of the yeah, world yeah. or uh, drastic measures or are taken. Very drastic uh, yeah. measures. So there in there comes another problem that the church sees with uh, with Freemasonry. So what does the church actually say? Like, because I, we have to, we, would, we, we wouldn't be uh, giving fair treatment to this if we didn't recognize that in the period between 1970 and 1976, uh, just like uh, kind of like post-Vatican II, mm-hmm. there was confusion over... Mm-hmm. Uh, Catholics being able to join Freemasons because there was some sort of illusion that someone could ask permission of their bishop or pastor if they could join uh, the Freemasons. And so, in fact, in that period of time, many Catholic men joined the Freemasons. And so then you saw this, uh, this time after that where there was like, okay, let's reiterate the teachings of the church when it comes to Freemasons, yeah. right? So, and part of the problem comes because in the 1917 Code of Canon Law, yeah. okay, it specifically mentions Freemasons. So it, it uses the words. It uses the words. Here's exactly what the Code of Canon Law says. Uh, the 1917 Code of Canon Law, it's Canon 2335. It says, those giving their name to Masonic sects or other associations of this sort that machinate against the church or legitimate civil powers contract by the fact excommunication simply reserved the apostolic see. Okay. So you can be excommunicated from the church for membership in the Freemasonry. Let's just point out too, we've talked about excommunication before you excommunicate yourself. So they're saying if you're a part of this, then you're vowing against the Catholic church and therefore you're excommunicating You incur yourself. the self uh, Yeah, I mean, you're, ex- sorry, you're, excommun- you're, you're taking oaths against your oath as a Catholic, and so, therefore, you're... Right? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. so the current Code of Canon Law, it was reproduced in 1983, and it supersedes the Code of 1917. Yeah. It's Canon 1374, so this is what it says, and this is 
what also led to more confusion, even after the period of post-Vatican II, it says, a person who joins an association which plots against the church is to be punished with a just penalty. One who promotes or takes office in such an association is to be punished with an interdict. So it could it, be a punishment of excommunication. Yeah. But it does not go to mention Freemasonry specifically. So people say, yeah. oh, the church has changed. Like people are allowed to be Freemasons yeah. now. That's not what uh, the church intended when it when it you know condensed or re uh, reconfigured the the code of canon law in 1983. No, they tried they yeah. tried to make it more generalized yeah. in the sense of like we don't want to just mention single out the Freemasons. Free we want there are th- other groups who do similar and, things. Yeah. Also noting in in this time that it's in this time period that a number of the the offshoots and sects and suborders of Freemasons. So it's not just Freemasons. If yeah. you're part of any of the kind of subsidiary orders or whatever, yeah. um, that you know that require this 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 initiation practice, taking oaths that are contrary to your faith. Um, you know, it, it's not it's not opening the door for us for anyone to become Freemasons who's Catholic. It's actually expanding the the nineteen seventeen edict um, to apply to all of those other groups. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. To take exactly. that similar oath. Yeah. yeah. So this led to like a <laughs> a barrage, if you will, of documents from the Vatican and certain cardinals who were responding to this question. Like in uh, February of 1981, responding to the confusion in the 1970s, mm-hmm. uh, Cardinal Super, he, he, he writes this declaration concerning the status of Catholics becoming Freemasons. Very short <laughs> uh, uh, letter, <laughs> and he basically writes uh, that the canonical discipline remains in full force, has not been modified in any way. So he's addressing the people who said, well, the, cha- the church changed on this, right? I know. And uh, he says, consequently, neither the excommunications nor other penalties have been abrogated. Like, mm-hmm. like still in they're place. still yeah. in place. And that was in 1981. Then in 1983, mm-hmm. when the Code of Canon Law was uh, published, uh, Cardinal Joseph Ratzinger, who we know now is Pope Benedict, Pope Benedict. Uh, the late Pope Benedict XVI, he writes. A document saying that the the church's negative judgment in regard to Masonic associations remains unchanged, and their fundamental principles are irreconcilable mm-hmm. with the doctrine of the Catholic Church. So, with this new wording of the Code of Canon Law, people were like, "Hey, something has changed." So, uh, Cardinal Ratzinger at the time, uh, he was the prefect for the Congregation yeah. for the Doctrine of the Faith. So, he writes this document. Well, then. Almost a year, just a little bit over a year uh, later, uh, there was another uh, document that was released, and this was uh, um, another uh, reflection. It was called a reflection a year after the declaration of the doctrine uh, of the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, and it just gave in more detail how no. This is still uh, a teaching of the church. Like, nothing has changed. So you could see the confusion around it, right? You can see that they have to keep coming back and reiterating and reiterating and reiterating because people aren't quite getting it. That's right. And so what can we say is, is the fundamental, like, you know, people say, well, what's the, like you said, what's the big deal? I'm involved and I, I'm raising money or I'm selling cookies or whatever, you know, it is that they're like, what is the big deal? Well, you know, that first commandment, we shall love the Lord, uh, your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And so we, we make, other things into gods. When we take oaths to other 
um, groups or organizations with different beliefs, we're going against our fundamental Catholic beliefs. And so uh, while some people may see the Freemasons today as a social club, the church sees it for what it is. Mm -hmm. Does that... Yeah, they, exactly. well, they, but they, they, they go back down to, like, whereas in some men will be like, yeah, yeah, the, but I made that oath, but it's not real, right? But Yeah, but or I'm still, yeah. I'm still Catholic, um, yeah. uh, you know. But, but, there, but you can't be both. If You can't be fully Mason and fully Catholic. That just, like, it's oil and water. They're two separate things yeah. that can't, can't reside. Yeah, and this is, uh, this is basically the punishment, <laughs> if yeah. you will. You know, maybe yeah. that's not the right word, but... Uh, It says this, it says that uh, because of the irreconcilability of Masonic principles with the Catholic faith, it is a grave act to join a lodge. And the consequences for a Catholic that arise from that is that they cannot receive Holy Communion. Yeah. It is a grave sin. It is a grave act. So this is serious, serious business business that I don't think people are that aware of. I, I, I know that, so one of the dioceses that I worked with in, um, not, not in Sault Ste. Marie diocese, but another diocese that I worked with in, um, I remember the bishop having to go to one of these places where they had um, the Knights of Columbus and a Mason Lodge were trying to join forces mm-hmm. together. And then the Knights of Columbus weren't okay with that, obviously. But also the bishop stood in and be like, you cannot be a Freemason and be Catholic. Like that's not allowed. Um, and so he, like, he came there and he told them what the penalties were and, and, like, and, he, and he proclaimed it to the entire well town, but just like to make it very clear that this cannot coincide. And it's not like we, um, it's not like the church is like, well, we have our own group, so you can't yeah, be yeah. part of them, right? Like we have the Knights of Columbus, so you can't be part of that because the Knights of Columbus are something a little different, and we can get into that later. But um, the Knights of Columbus, when you take an oath with the Knights of Columbus, it actually talks about one of your oaths. I think I'm allowed to say it now because uh, there's not no veils of secrecy anymore. But one of them is is that they won't interfere with your duty as uh, a faith-filled Catholic man, you know what I mean? Like, so you have obligations and stuff, but it doesn't like your your faith in God first, and then your duty to to the knights or whatever the case may be when you take um, take a vow or an oath or anything else. And so, um, yeah, it, there's a difference there. You know what I mean? I always I always understood that the Knights of Columbus were actually started as a response. To the Freemasons, I yeah. always believe that for no, some reason. No, I don't yeah. know where I got that. Yeah. No, and they, when they were started, actually, it was actually not about that. It was in the Americas, and it was because mm-hmm. the uh, Catholics were coming over to America, and they were mostly immigrants, and so Irish, predominantly Irish, but also Italian and stuff, and they were being treated like absolute junk. Uh, and so what happens? Well, they were dying off, and they weren't actually able to support themselves and stuff. And so Father Mike McGivney started this thing where um, a guy died in a horrific accident, and his widow was left with six kids, and so he. The story, the legend goes that he passed around, he got all his men of his parish together and passed around a hat. And they all put in 10, 15 cents, whatever they could afford kind of thing. And then he gave that hat to the widow so that she could like to, to support. Um, and so the men started kind of gathering together to support the, the widows, the and, widows the families and families and the children. Are, and, that, and, that, and that started yeah, at that chapel and it eventually just yeah. became a group of like where it grew from that. And that's why like when you talk about Knights of Columbus stuff, their life insurance stuff is so prevalent or their money and, and specifically taking care of the families and taking care of that. And that's some of the stuff that comes along with Knights of Columbus. But it has nothing to do with that. I think though that from my 
studying, I'm very involved with the Knights of Columbus, but my studying for the Knights of Columbus and the Freemason, there, there is some similarities. Mm-hmm. Meaning sure. there's, uh, they, they took the vow, originally you took a vow of secrecy and you took a, like, things like that. And then what I think the Knights of Columbus realizes, yeah. no, we don't need to do that anymore. So now our, our ceremonies to become a knight is held in the church and your yeah. kids and your wives and everything are invited to come to the, um, the initiation process and all that yeah. stuff and kind of step out for that. Some, uh, some of the things, you, you mentioned secrets. Some of the things that Freemasons keep secret mm-hmm. yeah. are like, so we know there's handshakes, yeah. right? Yeah. W- me and Matt tried to do a handshake before we went on the air. And it, was, <laughs> it was awkward. Let's just say we'll keep it a secret because we can figure one out, yeah. right? Uh, but there are handshakes, passwords. There's like the rituals yeah. that they're involved in uh, yeah. are, are secret. And th- it says this, that uh, catechism memory work. Mm-hmm. Is kept secret. Yes. So there's, uh, and, and that's that's another kind of uh, core incompatibility, uh, if you will. So there are there are kind of um, secrets that like are um, initiated secret or like secrets that you're initiated into rather. And like you know this this reaches back to you know the early early stonemason trade work. This yeah. reaches like you you go through the um, you know apprentice journeyman kind of master yeah. steps. Um, but again, and, and we may be getting into some of the conspiracy theory territory yes. with this but again it's the nature of a secret society that you know you, you lift up the curtain and there's a man pulling levers yeah. um and that, <laughs> no um but you 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 um there you have people who have been you know at high levels of freemasonry and have you know escaped so to speak or like come out and like this is actually what's going on behind the curtain or this yeah. is so you have the the initiated secrets but you also have um once you reach high levels in in Freemasonry, you are given access to secret knowledge. You're given kind of that that only only this core group of people can, or only people at this level. Um, and that is that's that's a form of Gnosticism, which the Church has always always combated. Like um, when you're talking about kind of revealed truth, that if this is something that is locked behind certain ladders of elite, eliteness. Um, Again, that's that's not how the church operates. That's mm-hmm. not how the church treats truth. You know, you have a personal revelation of Christ, but that revelation is complete mm-hmm. in the person of Christ and available for everyone. That it's not locked behind some expertise or reaching a certain echelon of no. a club. Um, so again, that's another free, that, that, that kind yeah. of Gnostic element is another area of incompatibility with the, the Catholic. Faith. So let me pose a, a question here. Let's say there's someone listening today who didn't know any of this <laughs> and uh they are uh, a catholic that's practicing they attend mass on sunday and they're receiving the eucharist they're also a member of the freemasons um what do they do um if they weren't aware of this you know the, the category of grave matter and mortal sin and, right. and all of those things like uh, is different because it you know it needs to be freely freely done if they are aware of this they they should uh, so sever ties as, as the, soon as the possible. Gr- the gravity of the culpability here mm-hmm. is, you know, if you did not know this about the Freemasons and wh- where the church stands, you know, because I, I do believe that, uh, you know, the, I do believe that in that period when we were talking about that period of confusion in the mm-hmm. 1970s, uh, I, I believe that some men went to their priest or their bishop and was like, hey, can okay. I join the local lodge? 
And they were like, why yeah, go not? for why it. Go for <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah, why not? You know, you're, you're going to raise money for that charity or whatever. So some people were like, well, I got permission from a priest or, or a bishop to, yeah. uh, to join. Doesn't so supersede. the level of, of, <laughs> of gravity there for, uh, for, for culpability there obviously is lessened, right? But having knowledge now about the Freemasons, what their principles are, I think it would be best for members of the Freemasons to... That are uh, Catholic. That are Catholic. To drop their membership mm-hmm. in the Freemasons and probably a good idea to bring it to confession. Mm-hmm. You know, whether mm-hmm. you knew or not, just a good idea to, to wipe, start wipe over again, clean. to wipe the slate clean. Um, and if that's not possible, then the ch- what the church does teach here, like if you want to re- retain your membership in the Freemasons and you are coming to Mass on Sunday, the church does teach here that you are not to present yourself to receive communion. Holy Communion. Yeah. So that's maybe difficult for some people to do. And maybe, you know, for those people who aren't members of the Freemasons, maybe never, people have never heard uh, of the <laughs> Freemasons. I, I don't know. Yeah. But I think it's, it's, it's a good lesson. It's a good thing to talk about because there are other organizations today, which is why the Code of Canon Law in 1983 kind of puts a blanket statement, doesn't just single out the Freemasons, that have principles that are contrary to the teachings of the Catholic faith. Yeah. And if, if we are going to be people who put God first, if we are going to be, be, be people who don't make gods out of other things, we have to know what we're involved in. Like, what are the core principles? What is the history of the, of the group that I'm involved in? Mm-hmm. You know, does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. So uh, I think people should, or a little, should maybe reflect on that a little bit and, yeah. and, and say, are the organizations that I'm involved with, are they combat- are compatible with the Catholic faith? The church teaches that Freemasons is irreconcilable. <laughs> like, there's no... There, there's no way that you can be both. There's no way. Yeah, and so and, and and even if you're just a low level, that's still not okay because of because of what the oath that you have to take and what you have to stand behind. That's right. Well, uh, maybe now another secret among the Freemasons is how much they hate our podcast. I don't know. <laughs> so uh, that's all the time we have today. But uh, good discussion on this, and hopefully it's it's helped uh, people to clear things up. Even even people. You know, have members of their family who are part mm-hmm. of the Freemasons, or maybe it could start a, a discussion here, right? We are, uh, there's a rich history of the Catholic Church. There's a rich faith that God has revealed to us through Jesus Christ. And I think we shouldn't uh, let anything stand in the way of understanding that. I, I hope I hope we'll all be back next week. I read a lot of things about the Freemasons, mm-hmm. so I hope we'll be, we'll be back next week uh, with the yes. next episode. If not, <laughs> pray for our souls. Yeah, exactly. Oh. So that's all the time we have here. Thanks uh, for joining us today. If you have any comments or maybe an experience you've had, maybe you are a member of the Freemasons, are a member, uh, have someone that's close to you that's a member, drop us a, drop us a comment in... Uh, our, uh, so on our social media pages or send us an email at askus at thecatholicbuzz.com. So we want to hear from you. And if you have a, a suggestion for a topic for another episode, send us an email as well. That's all the time we got. So for Josh Sullivan and Matt Van Milligan, my name is Father Daniele. We'll see you next time on The Catholic Buzz. Mm-hmm.